Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, Episode 71. Hey, Joel Com here from the Bad Crypto Podcast. And if you want to get your mind around cryptocurrency, you should listen to this episode of Build Your Network with my buddy, Travis Chappell. Stay bad. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, Build Your Network is supported by CastBox, the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on iOS and Android. CastBox has over 50 million free episodes that more than 10 million users download and listen to wherever, whenever. And now for all Build Your Network listeners, once you've downloaded the CastBox app, click Go Premium and enter promo code 90 days to get three free months of premium features. Head on over to the App Store or Google Play Store to download CastBox now. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Joel Kamm. Joel is a New York Times bestselling author, professional keynote speaker, social media marketing strategist, live video expert, technologist, brand influencer, futurist, and eternal 12-year-old. With over two decades of experience harnessing the power of the web, publishing, social media, and mobile applications to expand reach and engage in active relationship marketing, Joel is a sought-after public speaker who leaves his audiences inspired, entertained, and armed with strategic tools to create highly effective new media campaigns. His latest serendipitous project is as co-host of the Bad Crypto Podcast, a top cryptocurrency show making the future of digital payments easy for others to understand. Joel, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Really, really excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and expound on that intro just a tad. Tell us more about yourself and what you're most excited about right now. 
Boy, that sounds like something that I would have written. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, Travis. I appreciate it. I've just done a lot of things online over the past 23 years, pretty much everything that's not illegal, immoral, or fattening, I suppose. (laughs) And my latest passion is cryptocurrency. I started going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole in spring of 2017. And that little jaunt down the rabbit hole has turned into a complete pivot for me unexpectedly. But I'm now co-hosting a a show with another Travis, Travis Wright, marketing technologist. And we've been at it for just over six months. And it's a unicorn for us. It's just been incredibly successful. And and now I'm being asked to go speak around the world on the subject of blockchain and cryptocurrency. And the show is eating my life. And so uh, (laughs) but I'm, I'm loving it. It's it's a fascinating, fascinating space. And I'm really grateful that I get to play a role. Yeah. And I love the thing that you brought up. We met at a conference recently, just so everybody listening has a little bit of context here. I met Joel at a conference put on by a mutual friend of ours, Brandon Adams, down in LA. And there was one thing that you talk about, Joel, which I think you're going to be doing in your upcoming book about curiosity. And that is exactly what brought you into this crypto space. Can you talk about how curiosity has helped you in your career and speak to that a little bit? I would say curiosity has actually made my career. You know, the last part of my bio is this eternal 12-year-old thing. And that's true. You know, I'm 53 chronologically, but I don't feel it. And I still am very playful with things that interest me in my life. I don't think that there has to be this delineation between your work life and play. I think when you approach life from a curious perspective, when you allow yourself to take risks and be authentic with who you are and allow the process to take place. That's how the magic happens. And I've kind of reverse engineered that to prove it in my own life, that it just, it is a, an actual system. And it is the topic of my book that's coming out in June called The Fun Formula. So curiosity took you down this rabbit hole that pretty much everybody on earth has heard of now, which is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Right. Can you talk a little bit into that? I mean, I know that a lot of people listening might be just super beginners. They might have just heard about it and all this kind of stuff. Can you talk about what is Bitcoin? It's a digital currency and like that's it. But I mean, there's also digital currency in video games that isn't worth any money. So what makes it worth money? You know, that kind of stuff. Well, it's a digital currency that decentralized, which means it's not owned or run by any government or bank or entity. If there ever was something that brought freedom to people, and independence that really kind of enveloped the entrepreneurial spirit. It's this idea of being in control of our own destiny. And and Bitcoin represents that rugged independence from the system. And there's only 21 million of them ever in existence. It's backed by computer processing power, you know, like um, our U.S. dollars are backed by the Federal Reserve Bank. And of course, they're going down in value every year because they just keep printing money, which Mm -hmm. is why we have so much inflation. But with Bitcoin, there's only 21 million of them ever that will be in existence. And so the rules of supply and demand take over as they become more in demand, then the price goes up. And so, you know, we see Bitcoin as the digital gold, the new store of wealth that is leading us into a whole revolution that is based on blockchain technology. The world is changing whether you know it or not, and the odds are whatever industry that you work in, it's uh, poised to be severely disrupted by blockchain technology. And a lot of people don't know it yet, but they're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed 
survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is... The fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And Bitcoin would be just the tip of the iceberg here. So exactly what we talked about the very last part of that explanation. I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into that. So the real gold, so to speak, from the research that I've done anyway, seems to be not just Bitcoin itself, but the blockchain technology and how important that is. Can you talk a little bit into blockchain? What is it and why is it so beneficial? Yeah, blockchain is really the technology that underpins what makes Bitcoin useful and valuable. It's a distributed, decentralized ledger. And so it's absolutely immutable and unhackable. It's a way of basically placing all transactions into a ledger so that it is anonymous, but yet it is public so that anybody can analyze and, and audit it. And it is backed by, again, the computers that are on the network that confirm these transactions. And because of this blockchain technology, there's actually many different blockchains that are in existence. Bitcoin runs on its own. There's another one called Ethereum that hundreds of various cryptocurrencies are executed on. And it allows us to take crypto beyond just a mere payment transaction to actually building programmable contracts, code on top of blockchain, you know, so if this happens, then that happens. And it's just a whole new way of tracking everything we do, not just payments, but any kind of contract can be tracked via blockchain. And we know that the results that are then on the blockchain are indisputable. They are there for all to see. And that's why it's going to disrupt and change so many industries. So I've been doing a bunch of research recently on the, on all of this. Really, it was that conference down in LA that kind of sparked my interest after you had you and Brandon and Brian, a couple others were on that panel mm-hmm. and were talking mm-hmm. into it a lot. And so I, I knew that I needed to do some research on it at some point. So I finally sat down the, like the week after that and just kind of, I read a book or two and on it and took a couple of like little courses and everything like that. So correct me if I'm wrong here, Joel, but as a long-term play, would you agree that Ethereum would be a better long-term hold than Bitcoin? If not, or if so, why? Well, I'm not a financial advisor, so I never give personal recommendations for uh, any cryptocurrencies because crypto is very risky. This is new technology, and we don't know for sure who the winners are going to be at the end of the day. kind of reminds me in the uh, late 90s, there was a lot of different search engines. Hmm. You know, we had Excite, we had AltaVista, we had InfoSeek, you know, we had Yahoo, and here it is in 2018, and Google is the king you know, of them all. So you right, never know right. who's poised to be disrupted. And there are other contracts-based um, blockchains that are attempting to compete with Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So that said, it is the number two cryptocurrency in terms of market capitalization today. Mm-hmm. And I do own a little bit of it, and I'm planning on holding that. So I'm not sure if that answers your question. Yeah, but, no, you know, I'm not a financial advisor, and our show is called The Bad Crypto Podcast, which you know how to give you an indication that you know listen to what we say and take it with a grain of salt but we're just you know we're exploring the space ourselves and that's why we started the show yeah definitely that was kind of what i wanted to get is like hey look 
this is what I'm doing and you can do whatever you want. This is what I personally am doing. But yes, I am not a financial advisor. Joel is not a financial advisor. Do your research and your risk is your risk. But this is a space that is very, very interesting. And I think the cool thing about Ethereum that I like a lot is that it seems to be seems to have a lot more applications to actually solve problems. So like Bitcoin is a currency, but do you think that Bitcoin could actually replace the store of wealth or how would that actually, you know, apply into our lives? Like the way that a lot of different coins have come up on Ethereum. I do think it could, you know, replace store of wealth. I think, you know, it's got a market cap right now of about 200 billion or so, and it's been a little higher. It's kind of been a rocky road recently, but it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. It really is. And uh, there are those that are banking on that to happen. Yeah, definitely. There's lots of people that are doing that. But that's what I love about your podcast, though, specifically, Joel, is that you don't sit there and go, I'm a Bitcoin expert. Everybody buy this coin, do what I'm telling you to do. And, you know, when you have no real backing behind what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's crazy. I think people are setting themselves up for trouble. You know, Mm -hmm. we just had a coin, a company virtually go under is called BitConnect. And BitConnect was what I considered an an opportunity seeker coin that used a multi-level marketing approach to Bitcoin investing, you know, I avoid that stuff like the plague. I think it gives a black eye and they're actually, their coin went from close to $400 to, I don't know, $15 because uh, they're getting cease and desist orders. They're being called a Ponzi scheme and, you know, pyramid scheme. And a lot of people lost a lot of money with this. And so I just, you never know what's going to happen in any time. You know, there's people who are chasing Bitcoin and cryptocurrency because they see how much money can be made. Mm -hmm. But I think personally, that's the wrong reason to invest in in cryptocurrency. I invest because I believe that there are real world solutions that are solving real problems. And that's why you invest in any type of business. You know, if you're in it just for a quick gain, then uh, you may as well go to Vegas. You know, you can win, you can lose, you know, bet, you know, red or black. And of course, if I do that, it comes up green. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seems like that's the way that it always works. So what's a couple of criteria that you look at, Joel, when when you're seeing like a new coin come out, some sort of an ICO coming up, or you're just examining a coin that you think you might want to invest in or put some money into, what are some qualifying factors that you look at to see like, okay, is it, you know, limited supply? Is it this and that? What are some of those Mm -hmm. so that people can kind of make an educated decision? Yeah, so we actually interview a good number of ICOs on our show. We do a sponsored episode once a week called the ICO Spotlight because we have a lot of companies coming to us wanting to be on the show, and we look through them, see which ones we think are promising. We don't know for sure, you know, whether they're going to pull it off, and you know, we think they're legitimate, and then they pay us, and we're really transparent on our show too. We never, you know, we treat our audience with great respect and say, "Hey, this is sponsored." But the questions that we ask these ICOs are sometimes the tough questions. And we want to know, you know, about what's the the four T's we call them. What's your technology like, right? You know, and where is it in the process? Are you raising money for something that you're going to build? Or are you already doing business and transforming your business, you know, into a tokenized system? So we want to know where the tech is. We want to know what their timeline of development is. We want to know about their team, you know, who's involved, who's running the project, what's their history, who are their advisors, and we want to know how does the token operate? You know, when they're raising money, how's the token used in the system? And then when you invest in it, how many tokens do you get? You know, what's the value of them at the beginning? And finally, one that's not a T, but uh, competition. You know, who else is out there doing this? Has somebody else got the lead? If they do, are you doing this better or differently in a way? that we need to pay attention to. And so, you know, those are some of the things that I look at. It doesn't hurt also to look at the supply and determine, you know, is demand going to be strong enough if there's 100 billion of these tokens out there? With Bitcoin, there's only 21 million Mm. that are in existence. So that kind of validates the price of it when you've got a world with 7 billion people that all would like, you know, a piece of 21 million Bitcoin. Yeah. So some of these other ICOs that you're talking about and some of these other coins that are coming out, 
that are solving certain problems in society and decentralizing them. So let's take ShipChain, for instance, which is a cryptocurrency for everybody listening that would basically keep a public ledger of shipping and stuff like that. It's a trillion dollar industry that it would help in a tremendous way. So take a coin like that. Is that coin like uh, somebody asked me this the other day and, and, I, and that's why I kind of wanted you to, to talk into it a little bit. Like, is this a spendable coin that you use just to ship things? Or is this a coin that's like, a, is this just the way to value a business? Like what exactly does that company do? You know, let me, here's an easy way to explain it. Have you ever purchased a game that has some sort of in-app currency? You know, where if you want to get extra lives, you know, yeah. you have to pay for these tokens and then they're in there. Well, the way these tokens work within a company like ShipChain and many of the tokens that are based on Ethereum, and there's hundreds of them, is that becomes the currency for the functionality behind whatever it is that company does. So in the case of a company like ShipChain, all the transactions are paid for with the token. So all freight shipments are settled in that token rather than in physical dollars or euros or pounds or, or anything else. So you have to hold these tokens in order to participate in the ShipChain program. So would you just need to buy a bunch of the tokens up or can you take like if you have a bunch of Bitcoin or something like that and you want to use ShipChain's platform, can you just, you know, sell off some Bitcoin to convert it to like, is that conversion process necessary in order to be able to use that platform? Well, you can't pay for You can't use ShipChain with Bitcoin. You have to hold the ship token okay. in order to do it. So however you purchase it, whether it's selling Bitcoin to do it or whether you're selling Ethereum or whether you're putting you know, physical dollars into an exchange and buying the currency with that, somehow you need to buy the tokens in order to ship products on the ShipChain blockchain. What are some other coins that you've looked at recently where you're like, man, that's really going to solve a big problem? Well, one of the ones that excites me most is called Horizon State. They have something called the Decision Token, and they were on our show about four months ago. The problem is voting, accuracy in voting. And, of course, we hear about voter fraud mm -hmm. in the news, and, and it is an issue. We know for a fact that there's people that vote that vote twice yep. or, you know, in the United States might be in a different state, might be registered in an old state, and they're voting when they shouldn't. We know that there's people on the voters' records that have passed away. There's fraud. And uh, because we don't have a great voter ID system, the decision token and, and Horizon State intends to blockchain voting. Hmm. So now this solves the problem completely. If our government was to go to a system like that, and every state were to adopt it, then it's no longer an issue. Voter fraud is no longer a problem. You know, of course, there's powers that don't want that to happen. Yeah. And that's what we're really fighting against when we're talking about disrupting industries or, you know, governments or any established process because you're messing with somebody else's livelihood. But, you know, the crypto empowers people and businesses that aren't paying attention to how blockchain is going to disrupt they're going to become the blockbuster videos hmm. you know they're going to become the sears department stores they're going to become the barnes and nobles or borders you know that right, are right. far less relevant because of amazon you know they're the taxi drivers that are going wait what's this uber and lyft stuff yeah. and that's what's going to happen to most businesses and that's why people and not only is it going to change your business but it's personally going to affect your life. So is this something that you're, you're at the point right now, Joel, where you're just like, oh, it's going to happen. Like it's going to take over like the crypto, some form of cryptocurrency will take over as the store of wealth, you know, on a global platform. Are you in that camp to where it's like, it's yes. going to happen at some point. It's just a matter of time. Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, right now, what I remember when I built my first website back in 1995, and I remember people talking, oh, the web's just a fad. And people won't shop online. You know, they want to go to the store. And, you know, when Jeff Bezos started selling books out of his garage, people were like, this is ridiculous. This will never be a profitable business model. Right. And I remember then saying, you guys are completely out of touch. You have no idea how quickly the world is changing. The web is going to take over. Well, fast forward, you know, 23 years. I think I nailed that one. <laughs> this feels a lot like that. So it's coming. There's no question about it. I would bet everything I have on it that blockchain is going to transform the governments and businesses of the world. 
blockchain technology. If you're listening to this and you, you want to go research one thing and not get bogged down with all these ICOs and coins and tokens, all stuff, just go research blockchain technology by itself. And once you really start to understand, comprehend what that means, it, it really, really will start to shift your mindset from thinking like, oh, this is just a fad to thinking like, wow, this could solve some real world global problems. Really, really, really interesting stuff. If you want to learn more about that, please go over to iTunes and subscribe to the Bad Crypto Podcast. I do. It's definitely worth your time. Joel, I'm going to go ahead and shift the conversation now to talking about networking since this is Build Your Network. We talk a lot about how hey, to build Hey, Travis, before, yeah. I, before we go there, just mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people don't use iTunes. And so if you're on an Android or you want to listen elsewhere, we're on Spotify and Stitcher Radio and Google Play and SoundCloud. BadCryptoPodcast.com is the site, and you can find links to all those places there. Perfect, perfect. So your favorite podcasting platform, go ahead and go over there and listen to the Bad Crypto Podcast. And then if you haven't tried it out yet, go ahead and try out CastBox. That's one of the fastest growing podcasting platforms out there. I've been using it recently instead of my podcast app. So go ahead and try that one out. And uh, yeah, go download and check out. They have a lot of content over there, a lot of great stuff. They interview a lot of great ICOs that are coming up and really, really good informational things there. So Joel, this is the way I always kick off this conversation here, talking about networking. I ask this question every guest comes on the show, and I'm really, really interested to hear what your answer is. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? The answer is yes. I think it's a combination. If you are an expert in what you do, and by expert, I mean you are more knowledgeable than some others that would seek to learn from you, right? You don't have to be the top. That's your dog? Yeah. Yeah, she just heard something and started just going crazy. <laughs> hey, girl, she's into crypto. She's like, tell me all yeah, about this, uh, exactly. this blockchain. Is there, there is a Dogecoin. You know, it's a dog meme coin, so she might be interested a, in that. Wait, wait, wait. A dog meme coin? Yeah, well, if you've ever seen the Shiba, the Doge, it's like dog e-coin, and it's a beautiful, wonderful community of very giving people, and it's actually worth a, a little less than a penny right now. It started out as a joke, and now it's got like a billion-dollar market cap, so no the way. crypto space is amazing. If you look at our cover tile for the podcast, you'll see a Shiba Inu dog that's part of the logo for the Doge coin. So yeah, you can, there's something else for your listeners to go research. So uh, what I was saying is if, you know, assuming, you know, something that others don't, then you can go ahead and, you know, classify yourself as an expert because in some way you're an authority, assuming, you know, your stuff, then who, you know, becomes important. If you don't know your stuff, then just being connected, you know, unless somebody's just handing you something that you haven't earned or deserved, mm-hmm. you know, then you're not going to bring value to people. Right. right uh, you know, right. It's, it's saying here, go drive. You've got the top floor, the executive suite, go run this company and you're not capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Then it might be a nice gift to know, you know, They have a family member that can put you up there in the penthouse, but um, you're not going to last very long. So after knowing your stuff, then who you know is more essential. And uh, networking and building relationships really is the key. So so let me ask you this. If you were back at the very beginning of your career, starting over, and you were going to take 2018 to work on one of these, just double down on one of these two areas, like you were just going to read a ton of books, get a ton of knowledge, and increase your what – or you were going to just really double down on networking, go to every single event you possibly could, which one of those two would you focus on? Well, am I getting into an area that I already have established knowledge or am I learning something new? Let's say you're beginning of your career, you're 19, 20 years old. Okay, well then I better learn something as I'm networking. So I would be doing both. I would be diving into whatever I'm passionate about. And while I'm learning, I would show up at events where people that I want to learn from, people that Mm. could walk alongside me, that might be able to mentor me, that could be future clients. And I would go into those environments and just show up again and again and again and again. 
that's exactly kind of what I wanted to get out of that was that building relationships with people is not just a way to get customers or clients or to get sales or to sell people on stuff. Mm-hmm. Building relationships with people also, also goes the other way to where you want to learn from somebody. And I, I feel like anytime I've really doubled down on a relationship with somebody that just knows an incredible amount more than me on a certain topic, my what has always just increased, just went through the roof hanging out mm-hmm. with people because that know that, you know, level of things. And obviously you have to be competent in certain areas in order to be able to even get into those circles of people. But that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. So can you tell us a story about a time in your life, Joel, where there was a certain goal or something that you wanted to accomplish that was done because of a certain connection in your life? Oh, well, it's happened again and again and again and again. And But honestly, I don't know that I'm always going into it with, I want to accomplish mission X. And so I'm going to go and, you know, meet this person. Mm -hmm. Usually it's more of, I want to accomplish something. And in order to do that, I'm opening myself up to, to opportunity and, when I show up with that mindset of uh, asking, you know, is saying, okay, who can I meet here? Where can I bring value? What kind of magic can happen? That's how it happens. I mean, mm-hmm. shortly after I had a, a bestseller with my AdSense ebook back in 2006, I believe, and I had a, a bestseller with my physical book, The AdSense Code, I remember going to an internet marketing conference. It was Yannick Silver's Marketer Underground in uh, Washington, D.C. And I wasn't speaking at this event. I just wanted to go hang out. I had peers there and I knew I had some customers there and I went because this is, you know, I think this is where I needed to be. And while I was there, a young man came up to me and he was handing out flyers saying JV with Eric. And his name was Eric Homeland. And I met Eric there. He told me he enjoyed my work. He thought that more could be done to serve the customers in the AdSense space. And we instantly connected. And I said, you know, hey, I'm open to stuff. If you have an idea, then pitch it at me. He said, okay, I'll think about it. And about a week later, he messaged me and he said, you know, all these people are reading your book, but the biggest struggle they have is setting up a website. What would you think if we set up templates that would allow them to get a niched website up quickly and help them to monetize it fast. All they would need to do is add their own content, which is one of the things I teach people to do. And I said, I love it. So we created a joint venture and launched a product called Instant AdSense Templates. And we did two editions of it. The first one was wildly successful. We sold something like $300,000 of this information product to help people get sites online. And they loved it so much that we went deeper in the variety of templates and niche that we offered and we put five PLR articles with each niche so that they had something to start with when they were getting ready to create their own content and we did we sold like a million dollars in products in five days and then Eric and I went on to produce the world's first competitive internet reality show in 2007 the next internet millionaire and we got an honorary webby award for it and to this day i still get people commenting on the show that we did it was a combination of the apprentice and youtube and this was done you know 11 years ago almost wow. and so none of that would have happened if i had not just shown up at yonick's internet marketing event and been open to opportunity And that's why I think that, you know, the spontaneity and serendipity and being curious and taking risks, that's where it all pays off. Yeah. Yeah. Put getting yourself outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with it being this important with you just telling that story and having an insane amount of just wildly successful ventures coming off of this one relationship that you built when you didn't even know that that was going to be a relationship that you built when you went there. Why do you think, Joel, that so many people just don't do this? I think people are scared. I think, you know, they're told by a lot of authors and speakers and teachers that you got to work, 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 work. There's a time for work, right? There's always a time for buckling down and getting done what you need to get done. But this nonsense of hustle and grind has got to die in a fire. When I hear people talk about hustling and grinding as a lifestyle, you know, that they're working seven days a week, that they're the first ones there and the last ones to leave. And while their friends are out, you know, having a good time, they're getting it done. They're making it happen. Thinking all you're doing is shortening your life. (laughs) Yeah. You might end up making a lot of money, but you're going to kill yourself along the way. That's, I don't, you know, personally, I don't think that's any way to live. I've been very successful 
by using this you know type of approach that has worked for me my whole life. In fact, if I reverse engineer all my greatest successes, I'll discover that most of the time that I spent working my butt off, you know, what resulted from that is nothing compared to the times that I was willing to take risks and made the right phone call or showed up at the right event or, you know, took the right leap of faith in a certain direction. Hmm. And to me, that's where the miracles have happened. So, you know, anytime somebody tells me, oh, you're really hustling, I'm like, well, it might look like that, but Trust me, I goof around a lot, yeah. <laughs> and it's all about working smart right. overall as a lifestyle, not hard. Yeah, as a lifestyle, and I love that caveat. That's actually something I've really, really agreed with you on when you were giving your talk at that conference, and it's really ironic, actually, that we were both there, and the conference is called Live to Grind. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, and then Brandon's well, kind of great. Yeah. fun at that, too, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and Ryan knows, you know, uh, Brandon knows that. Yeah. Um, that we, we've had discussions about that because what his heart is totally spot on, and what he's doing yeah, is definitely. actually he's not grinding as much. I mean, he's out with his fiance and they're doing a tour around America one month in each different city and they're filming their show. Yeah. And that doesn't sound like hustle to me. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like quote unquote working all day, but like, it sounds like you're having a blast, bro. <laughs> it doesn't feel yeah. like work though. It right. feels like right. you're doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're in the zone. You know, there are some things during the day I'm like, okay, I got to answer it. And sometimes I'll look at my email and go, all right, you know what? This is, getting a little blocked up. I need to handle some of this mm-hmm. and uh, and it feels a little bit more work than I like, but you know, we all got to work a little. <laughs> right, right. And but the bottom line is exactly what you said is that it, it shouldn't be a lifestyle. Go through seasons of hustling and grinding to because I think success loves speed. So if you really buckle down and work on something really hard for like you take a two, three month period when you got something coming up that you really want to, you know, put out there, that's great. But if you're doing that 24 seven, you know, 365, then I agree wholeheartedly with that. I've always been a big fan of, of working smarter, not harder. And I don't think I've worked like a 40, you know, full 40 or 50 hour work week in a few years. I'm very much on the same page with you. I think that if you just are more clear about what you want and you can sit down and figure out the tasks that 100% have to get accomplished and then just focus on those and then outsource a lot of the other things that, you know, you can you know, go along and, and do a lot of things that you really want to do in life. You know, like, yeah. I, I mean, last year, Joel, my network exploded last year from connecting with people like Johnny Dumas and stuff and really getting into the podcasting space and being able to interview a lot of really awesome people. But at the same time, I, I traveled to, I think, 11 or 12 countries last year and went on a couple cruises with my wife and my family and, you know, went to Australia to hang out with some podcasters out there for a few weeks. And man, I had a blast too, you know, and, and there's so many people that adopt that hustle and grind mentality. And I think that they feel bad if they don't put in a 12 hour day. So they just do a bunch of like random work that doesn't have to be done by them just so that they can boast about the fact that they, you know, went to bed at 3am and got up at 5am. <laughs> and to me, it just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, Getting back to the building relationships thing that we're kind of talking about, if you had to boil it down to just one thing, Joel, if you look back on your career and the people that you've been able to build really good, genuine relationships with, if you had to boil it down to just a one quick tip that somebody could take away from this conversation and apply to their life tomorrow about networking, what would that one tip be? People make you know the mistake of what can I get? I'm going to go and I'm going to see who can help me. And that's just – it's the wrong mindset. You have to show up and see who you can help. You know, When Eric came to me at that event, he was seeking to help me. And when he offered that, it opened me up to, hey, you know, maybe I want to work with this guy. And, and I don't want to work with him if there's – if I can't help him as well. So we end up, you know, helping each other. But so many times people just start this, you know, conversation with this is what I'm selling. And that just repels me. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, you know, go sell it to somebody else because I'm not buying. Right. So if you're going to go network, then just ask questions. Listen a lot. Stop talking. Listen to people and ask questions and they'll tell you what they need. And if you need to be direct and say, you know, what's your biggest challenge? What do you need? I don't know if I can help you or not, but if I know what you need, I'll know if I can help you Mm -hmm. personally. And if I can't, I might know somebody who can. And if neither one of those is true, hey, it's great to meet you anyway. Yeah. What do you do in those situations, Joel, when you're talking with somebody and they start trying to sell you something the first time you ever met them? What's your response to people like that? Depends on my mood. 
<laughs> it depends how brash, you know, they are and how in my face they might be. Usually I'm just yeah. polite and kind of say, okay, that's great. Nice to meet you. And if they hand me a card, I'll take the card and yeah. put it in my pocket and, you know, and move on. But if they're, you know, really in my face or if I sense that they might be teachable, hmm. then I'll take a moment. I'll say, you know, would you like my feedback on mm-hmm. how you just approached me? Yeah. And I'll give them my honest feedback. And usually they're, you know, they're glad for that. And hopefully they got something from me that they didn't know they were going to get, but yeah. it will help them. Something that they could apply next time they, they're about to do something like that again right. to somebody else. So how do you approach people then, Joel, when you're talking to somebody that, you know, regardless of if it's somebody that you really want to connect with or somebody that just you're going up and shaking their hand, how do you approach that situation? Very much like that. I, you know, I find out what they're into and I'll ask them, what do you need? Really, really straightforward. What do you need? Because that opens it wide up to, you know, people, places and things. Right. And, and they know what they need. I don't need to ask, you know, a pointed question, you know, where you're looking for an employee or uh, are you looking for a joint venture? What do you need? Yeah. And you find out, then you go from there. Do you think that it's just the wrong mindset that makes people do it that way as far as like they think they have to capitalize on this one opportunity because I don't even know when the next time I'll be able to see Joel Com is so I'm just going to go pitch everything that I have on the table right now to him and, and hope it turns out okay like do you think it's just yeah. like a scarcity mindset or why do you think that that is I do I think there's people that try too hard and I see through them as well you know the tryhards the yeah. people that they want to impress you you know I know people that are just masterful name droppers You know, they have to tell you that they've had lunch with this celebrity or they're going to be on the phone with that one. And the moment I hear that, I go, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, (laughs) Um, not buying it. And so stop trying so hard and and don't have a scarcity mentality. So what if you don't get to work with me? Guess what? Most people don't get to work with me. There's just a limited amount of time. But there's other people to work with and there's people that will be more focused on, you know, working with you and and accomplishing something. Why you know, there's always more opportunity. There has never been a time in the history of humanity that there's been more opportunity than there is right now. You just have to open your eyes to see it and then open yourself up to it. Especially to connect with people. I mean, that's like the easiest literally that it's ever been to connect with people. There's no shortage of people out there. There's no shortage of need. Everybody has need. And so, you know, just by showing up and opening yourself up to what's possible, I had no idea that I was going to end up doing a cryptocurrency podcast. If you would have told me a year ago that by this summer, you're going to be totally into cryptocurrency and doing a show. And by this time next year, it's going to be one of the top shows in the world. I would have said, yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) I'm not interested. Yeah, because it wasn't time. I wasn't ready and I didn't see it coming. But now that I'm here, well, guess what? It's a reality. And that's, I think, again and again in my career, there's so many things that I didn't see coming. You know, I didn't know that the iPhone was going to come out in 2007 and I would be completely into it. I didn't know that Steve Jobs was going to say, hey, you can make apps and that, you know, by December of that year, I would have had a number one app. There's no way it wasn't on my bucket list of things to do because it wasn't even on the radar. So, you know, this mentality that we have for our students, you know, we send people off to college, say, okay, what are you going to be? Go get your degree in this. And this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I've never operated like that. I have a college degree. I've never once used it. I have a speech communications degree. And the only reason I mean, and I'm not a speaker because of that. The only reason I chose speech communications was because I was too busy partying in school and I needed something easy to do. <laughs> and, you know, I don't even remember going to most of my classes. And yeah. so I've never used it. I got out of school and I became a DJ and then I launched my first entrepreneurial venture as a mobile DJ. And then the web came along and it, it tapped right into my geekiness and love for computers. <laughs> and I wanted to build a website. And I wanted to get in. I met a guy who built a multiplayer game site. My webmaster introduced me to this guy in 1997. I sent him an email. I said, hey, I've got a website. Let's work together. I like your games. Mm -hmm. And we built this thing up and ended up selling it to Yahoo. I couldn't plan any of this. And it's just, it's again, it's the curiosity. It's taking a risk because you only go around once. If you want to be exceptional, then you have to take risks. You have to be willing to fail at it. And we talk about the successes, Travis, but I have failed way more than I have succeeded. Right, right. 
the crazy thing to me, I think that a lot of people don't take into consideration is the regret that might come later in life. That, that I think it just goes back to that short-term thing. People think very, very, very short-term. So when they're looking at a new venture or something they could possibly get into, it's like, well, man, if it doesn't work out, I'm gonna have to go back and get you know this job, and then I, I'm gonna lose you know my five thousand dollars for the money that I'm gonna invest in this. And they're coming from this place of you know if this doesn't work within the next twelve months then I'm never going to see any success. I'm always going to be in this in this thing. And, and so they just don't take the risks to begin with, but then they don't consider the fact that in 30 years from now, they look back, they're just gonna regret never taking that leap and never taking that risk to get to the point to where they really, really actually wanted to be in life. And so they go throughout with just living complacently and being content with mediocrity and not just in mediocrity in like a self-development way, but just in a way that like is doing things that you don't wanna do and doing things that don't fulfill fill you and make you happy. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, such a, a tragedy. That's why I love the topic of your book coming out. And I'm really excited to pick up a copy for myself. You know, I, unfortunately, Snowball. we all know people that have not taken that risk and there's always, well, tomorrow I will tomorrow I'll do this and tomorrow never comes. And then, you know, you reach later in your life and what do you have? Regret. And regret means you can't go back and do it. What are you waiting for? If you're listening and this is you, what are you waiting for? This is your engraved invitation. You got it the day you were born and it says this is your life. You don't know how long you have. None of us know how long we have. What are you waiting for? Mm. Take the chance. Go try. Go live your dream. Do that thing you want to do because you might not have another chance. You know, I was going to say a couple more things there, Joel, but I think that's a fantastic closing piece of advice here. So let's go ahead and move on to something I like to call the random round. Just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? I'm so random. I'm down with it. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Well, you know, we all want to be rock stars, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up listening to classic rock and roll FM radio, you know, in the 70s and 80s. And who wouldn't love a dream voice to go up on stage and just yes. rock out? You know, So I, I settle for karaoke, for <laughs> mediocre karaoke. Yeah. That's how I live that out. Who's your favorite rock band from the 80s? They were my favorite rock band in the 70s and into the 80s, but I would say uh, Genesis, especially when Peter Gabriel was with them still. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect I, uh, answer. And it's going to happen at some point. You know, I grew up listening to Dr. Demento and I loved Al's story. You know, he sent a, a cassette tape of his first spoof. Another one rides the bus to Dr. Demento and Demento played it and that launched his career. And he's incredibly creative, but he inspired me to write all kinds of parody songs. And in fact, Travis Wright and I have done two parody songs on the Bad Crypto podcast <laughs> nice. um, that We've just sprung on our, you know, listeners without even announcing. And Al is also an incredible businessman. He's really carved out a niche for himself yes. in the space and has gotten more successful than ever before. And I just, I would love to spend some time with him. How do you like to consume content? Books, blogs, podcasts, videos? I think I listen to more podcasts and watch videos online than anything else. I haven't done a lot of reading lately. I think I, I get sleepy when I read too much, but I try to walk frequently. And when I do, I'll put on, you know, one of the shows. And amazingly, I don't listen to any blockchain shows and I don't really even listen to business shows. Hmm. I was going to ask, what's one of your favorite podcasts? I listen to shows that there's a couple shows around computer gaming that I enjoy. The Instance, it's all about World of Warcraft and Overwatchers, a game I enjoy from a game called Overwatch. I listen to the Bad Christian podcast, whose name actually inspired me to call ours the Bad Crypto. It's a show for Christians, but it's deal with stuff. They ask real questions, you yeah. know, and they curse on the show and they're not afraid to you know, to ask the, the tough questions. And so I like listening to that one. I also like Mike Rowe. His show is absolutely fantastic and one. highly recommend the way I saw it or the way I see it or the way I saw it, the way I heard it. Well, it's something like that. It's, <laughs> but the short, he's like, the just look at Mike Rowe. <laughs> 
Yeah, Mike Rowe. Look up Mike Rowe. R-O-W. Not only is his podcast fantastic, but I love following his posts because he's just – he has so much common sense. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I wake up when I'm ready. I'm a night owl, so I'm often, you know, getting stuff done late or, you know, playing uh, on my computer until late. And it's usually 1, 2 a.m. before I'm finally heading to bed. And then I sleep in until I'm awake, um, get up. And uh, sometimes if it's nice outside, I'll go take my walk. If there's an interview or something urgent, you know, then I'll pull into the office and take care. And then I just kind of go through my day and handle email as I see fit or work on presentations. I really, I flow. The only thing that's, that I have to do is whatever I put on my calendar. You know, I said I would be here today at a certain time to do this interview and, and here I am, but I'm not exactly sure what, you know, there's things I, I need to do, but the order that I do them, I'm so used to doing what I want to do when I want to do it. It's my, been my whole career that I just flow through my day. What is your go-to pump-up song? I don't know that I have a go-to. I love music so much. There's so many bands that I enjoy. I think if I want to feel good, you know, I might put on something a little more poppy like Train or listen to some Tom Petty. You know, I like Mumford makes me feel good. Um, I actually have a playlist, you know, called Fun Music that's got uh, like Imagine Dragons on it and oh, nice. some Bruno Mars, Walk Off the Earth. You know, some stuff like that. Is that on Spotify or Apple Music? It is. It's on, if you follow me on Spotify, it's a public playlist called Bun Music. Cool. Well, we will and I try have three to, followers of it. Three followers. Well, we will try to link to that playlist in the show notes sure. too. So if you're listening, go check that out and uh, download a really cool playlist. What are you not very good at, Joel? Most things. That's a, yeah. good, that's a good answer. I'm not good at most things. I'm not athletic. You know, for me, exercise is walking for an hour. But, you know, I can't really hit a baseball or, you know, shoot hoops or, you know, I'm just I'm not that guy. All right. As we get everything wrapped up here, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? Facebook, probably. Yeah. But I'm at Joel Com everywhere. Okay, at Joel Com. That's Com yeah. with two M's. Go that's follow right. him. Follow the Bad Crypto Podcast, your favorite podcasting platform, and reach out. Tell him what's up and let him know you heard about him on the show. And uh, Joel, thank you so much for coming on, man. Had a blast chatting with you. My pleasure. And hi to Snowball. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit bynmedia FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies, and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's bynmedia forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.